What have we forgotten? <laughs> <laughs> what have we forgotten? Oh. What have we, we forgotten? Have forgotten. God. <laughs> yeah, I'll give the special. Thanks. All right. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, Waiting for Stir Fry. Today mm-hmm. we'll be covering the young Pope. Joining me, I have Sarah here and Jonas. Say Hello. Howdy. And uh, so today we'll be covering the 2016 drama series um, uh, created by Paula Sorrentino and starring Jude Law, Diane Keaton, Oliver, uh, James Cromwell, and uh, a bunch of other <laughs> characters, actors, Silvio Orlando, Javier Camara, and, and so forth. Uh, this is actually an Italian produced show. Uh, it was an association between HBO and originally Sky. And it was actually the first Italian TV show to no- be nominated for an Emmy. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Very cool. It follows the, well, papacy of uh, Pope, uh, what is it, Pius the 13th? Pius the 13th. 13th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American. Portrayed by, <laughs> yes, his name is, uh, uh, what is it, Lenny? Bellardo. Bellardo. Lenny Bellardo, portrayed by Jude Law. Uh, and it follows sort of his time uh, in getting to be a pope. And, uh, well, wrestling with who he is and his background. So, why don't we start with our thoughts on this series going in, expectations. What do we get out of it? Let's go, Sarah, you go sure. first. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know much about it going in, um, except I expected it to be funny and weird, which it is. Um <laughs> I did enjoy watching it. I am intrigued to go and watch the, I guess, like the second season, even though it's kind of separate, I guess. It's it's a um, lot. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's John Malkovich. How could it not be? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It's definitely uh, very unique. I'll say that. <laughs> All right. How about you, Jonas? It's funny you should say that because like... Uh, when I was on Netflix and a lot of the times they would show me things like the two popes, the new pope, the young pope. And I'm like, what are all these pope shows about? But anyway, <laughs> I don't know if unique, you know, at least in title is not correct, but it, it certainly has its <laughs> it's interesting bits. Okay, my opinion, like Sarah, no expectations. Uh, Edwin recommended it and he said something about artistic shot choices and the character is something else. And he was and there were some... Of those, but I think my TLDR is I really enjoyed the craftsmanship. I mean, this is an HBO show. No expense was spared. I was convinced. Um, mm. I think I had I had some reservations about the thematics of it. You know, some points where maybe it was just kind of muddy, but all of that was, I think, outweighed by the production and the acting, the cinematography, dialogue, all of that sharp. It's funny. It's sharp. Uh, and there were definitely moving scenes. Uh, it's just, I don't think, I don't know how I feel about the whole arcs, but maybe you guys will illumine me on that today. Right. Yeah, I think there were definitely some entertaining and interesting characters. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I recommended this to you guys. I watched it when it came out on a whim because it had Jude Law in it and he's amazing. <laughs> I also, I'm not totally sure why they cast him. He's great. His accent, he was really his good. accent is not good. Oh, can we American? talk about this right away? Yes, good. Because he's super British. At first I thought, this accent yeah, is yeah, yeah. not good. But then he's like, 
so British that, you know, it's impressive that he got it as consistent and as collegial or collegiate, whatever, as as he did with the little bits of like New York getting in there. But they were so inconsistent to me that I wasn't really sure if like, you know, it was a choice to like make them inconsistent and just kind of exactly. Uh, I don't know. Like it's also it felt not, weird to me. I don't know if it's clear where he's actually from. Like he is in the the Church of New York, but we don't know where the orphanage is. Do they say where it is? They do so not. So we don't really know where he was. I don't raised. think they did. Yeah, I was kind of wondering that too. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't really expecting New York out of him is realistic considering <laughs> what we see in the background of uh, where he's raised. Well, we do know. <laughs> He does say things like percent and uh, like that T sound is weird and it's sometimes non-rhotic yeah. where he doesn't say the R. And so I have to think like, uh, is it just that the accent is slipping most of the time? Or rather, is it that the accent is so-so and then Jude, you know, brings it in for a few key scenes? <laughs> or is it that uh, he's like trying to suppress it and maybe it like just bubbles up in terms of I, like I the character? all think about the accent <laughs> yeah to me it, it seemed like he was trying really hard to avoid aspirating his t's mm. maybe to like tone down the britishness of it but at the same time it sounded <laughs> that kind of also brought in like the is he trying to do a new york accent or not i, 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 I did not I think, think for so. a second he was trying to but maybe he well, was he definitely because, did it sister okay percent. yeah it should anyway <laughs> anyway Side note. I, I like his Spanish <laughs> accent when he's talking with the cardinal from Mexico. That was um, impressive. That was a, a fun beat. That was pretty good. It sounded yeah. like a pope speaking Spanish. Like a pope that doesn't know Spanish <laughs> as his first what, language. What about Spanish. Andrew's Spanish? Uh-huh. Andrew's Spanish in the, the Honduran church. Oof. That that was, uh, yeah, an American sent to be a, a That's <laughs> cardinal <right>. down there. <laughs> Authenticity. Detail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my my thoughts on it is uh, this was the second time watching it. The first time I was very moved, um, but I think on rewatching I've cooled on the execution while I've actually warmed on the themes on this show. God damn it! Because I think I I, <laughs> I, I I feel like I've understood it a little bit better on a second rewatch of of what they're trying to go for. Okay. While I I think it does fumble the pacing on how it gets there, especially in the first half and the transition to the second half of the show. So that's that's my, my take. I do like the show a lot. And uh, it is a shame that season two is not as good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, All right. So while we're well, of, on the subject of like, you know, we're talking about the higher structure of the show. It's the transition yeah. of the first half, second half. Uh, and obviously our disagreement on what we like um, about the show. <laughs> I, I do... <laughs> Something I noticed that made me think, okay, I do like, I, this show seems intentional, the building of the show seems intentional, is sort of the, obviously, sort of like first five episodes are Lenny building up his character, his persona, you know, consolidating power under himself, kind of upending yeah. all of the expectations. And the second half, we turn inward to like Lenny finally resolving things, and we actually get into depth and detail of like, What's going on with Lenny? That was really opaque in the first half. And I think uh-huh. I really enjoyed that transition uh, on second watch because I, I like watched a few of the first episodes again because uh, you do see something completely different and it reveals something about the first watch, which is, 
it they're quite opaque. They're they the 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 filmmaking is structured and opaque in the first half, and then switches and sort of the transition. Uh, maybe I can get into details later when I think of the examples and when they're relevant. Mm-hmm. But I like that there is sort of this give and take of is this a show about the papacy and these power structures, and then subverting that with no, this is a show about people and their stuff and the baggage they carry into these <laughs> positions into these positions of power. Uh, right. And then, like the second watch, that becomes evident at the start too. I think that's a fun thing, and that kind of goes with what you're saying. Uh, right. But so that, that's what I got out of it. I, I think it ultimately is a show about, well, it's about how these positions of power ultimately in these structures of, of the church are all filled with people. And since these, this sort of, you know, massive organization that is a church is, is supposed to convey something about love, the fact that it is built out of people, flawed people, evil people, good people, should tell us a lot more about what its purpose is and what its position is in the lives of many people. Um, so I think that's what the show is sort of aiming for. And it, and it takes Lenny to be that centerpiece, his his story, right? Because ultimately he is the head of the church, but to when he joins to be the head of the church, he's actually carrying a lot of baggage with him. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and And so I think we could talk about the first couple episodes in that context of what they're showing on the page, right? Even with all the weird stuff happening. But all that's happening in those episodes is that Lenny's consolidating power as he is chosen to be the next Pope. Um, And at the same time, we're given glimpses of his background, right? Um, Whether it be discussions with Sister Mary, with Cardinal Spencer, or with um, little flashbacks to when he was little and he was left at the orphanage, right? Mm-hmm. Along with uh, um, dream sequences and just visions as well. But right, yeah. right, right. So that's the first impression of it. I think we can talk about some of these, the, the story, right? Because I think ultimately it's it's his journey that we should probably latch onto to see what the themes come out of that. And what we start with is he decides to, you know, he's ascended to be the Pope, the Pope and uh, he just decides to not show himself to people for weeks on end. <laughs> um, you know, everybody in the Vatican is on edge because they don't know what he's thinking, what he's planning. And what we learn is, you know, when he gets the first speech, uh, is that he actually wants to change how the, the, the relationship between the church and the people. He wants to have the church be closed off to those who are not willing to completely devote themselves to it. And here's a question. At first, yeah. Is that. Is that a real feeling or is that just something he's doing as he's flailing around, not sure of what to do? It, it's cert- Yeah, so... Yeah, go ahead, Sarah. I, I feel like he's pretty confused in the beginning about what he wants to do because, like, the first thing we see is his dream about his first homily where right. he says things that are, like, the total opposite of right. what he ends up doing. Um, and... It seems to me like in the beginning, he's, I mean, he's questioning his own faith as well, which we see by conversations he has with um, other characters. Yeah, right, Tommaso about how, you know, questioning whether he even believes in God. Um, But it seems like at the beginning, he's, he kind of sticks to like these really, you know, strict interpretations of everything 
in the hopes that, you know, by following these religious laws so closely and, you know, he goes to the the greatest heights of all these ceremonies wearing all of the fancy <laughs> robes and everything. I feel like he's hoping that will like strengthen his own faith and also strengthen the church. But he's also not totally sure what he's doing. So sometimes he, he like kind of conflicts himself. And then in the end, he kind of turns around and realizes that he needs to have more faith in himself first. And then like that was the advice he got from the popes in his dream too. Yeah, I could see that. For me, it wasn't because if you go back oh. to that episode when he wakes up, when he wakes up after that dream where he says the outrageous, he actually tells Boelo, I think he's like, I said the most outrageous things. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I took that as him conveying that he does not believe these things. Um, but then again, what does the dream mean? Of course, does that mean it's a conflict? I don't know. But what I gather of it is from those first episode is that, and especially his interactions with Spencer, right? Cardinal Spencer was his father figure um, mm -hmm. in New York, is that Lenny has a troubled background where he wasn't given love. He was abandoned as an orphan, right? And raised by the church. And I think what he's trying to mold the church to be is to sort of say, well, I wasn't given this love, right? I was The love that I understand is this love that is structured, that is formed by these tenets of this church. And I don't see people having to, you know, interact with the church in, the, in that level. It's transactional for many people. They just need a, a pope to, to look up to. They just need to go to church on Sunday once a time. For him, the church, the love of the church is something that he has had to live through as a paradigm of his life. When he see when he's in charge now of the church, he wants to make sure that all the people go through that to to experience the love. I don't agree right. with it, <laughs> right? Or that I the think uh, it's, it's, it, or that the church is focusing on people that are like that, that are willing to devote themselves in that way, right? Right, right. So I think he's projecting. Everybody has to go through his pain, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I gathered of it. Is it's that percept perception he has? Um, yeah, and to that um, end, you know, Spencer. It, as part of the refutation of that in textually spencer does tell him at some point like hey uh you're assuming that everybody needs the same thing so that goes along right. with that oh, gosh yeah they, these things are also tangled together this is why i say you know i'm not sure if it's my limited understanding on a first right. viewing or like if the themes are just so intertwined that they're quote muddy that I, I don't even know where to go from there because everything just kind of ties together. <laughs> like one question. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna... Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just, I was going to say, I also want to go back and like watch it again to see if I understand things differently. Just because even like reading my notes from earlier episodes, I'm like, oh, hmm. Because like back then, or like some of these episodes I'm, I'm watching and I really go back and forth because it's hard to tell what Lenny is thinking in his head. Hmm. And I think at some point he even says that to, I don't know, Voyello or somebody that like, at some point, he was taught never to let people know what he's thinking. Yeah, but he's very good at and it. And I was like, yeah. right. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because I really have no idea what he's thinking. <laughs> like, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if he really believed in everything he was enacting. I don't think he in did. The church or, or if maybe he, if he had some, you know, other motives to like enact these things in order to make the church smaller because he didn't believe in the things he was doing, but he wanted to go against the church and maybe he was, mm. you know antagonizing it in that way mm. but yeah and the first viewing um, it, it felt like a lot like flailing like in that, that first bit where he's just trying 
to sort of define himself as separate from this whole structure of Voyello mm-hmm. and the College of Cardinals. I will not be, you know, uh, manipulated. But to me, like, sometimes it felt like, all right, we're, we're going to assume, we're going to assume this line about Lenny is a contradiction. <laughs> Lenny is a contradiction. <laughs> he is the young Pope. He's the, uh, yeah. the, uh, what's the word? Mm-hmm. Um, He's the Pope that doesn't believe in God. And we're going to hang our hat on this so hard and then not justify <laughs> it. <laughs> but, like, then you when you do try to stitch it back together, it kind of makes sense. Like, um, you know, oh, well, he didn't get love as a kid, so he doesn't understand love, which is why he went to the seminary. That's sort of his motion. Uh, right. Why did, um, you know... I guess the question then becomes for me, like, how did he get through 20 years of seminary and all the other positions and then get to be Pope? And like before that, none of this stuff mattered. Why did it matter here? Yeah, that is the big hole is like, okay, so how do you guys not know (laughs) this is what he was going to do (laughs) when you elected him? Right. Um, Well, presumably he just kind of stayed quiet up until now, right? Because it was clear at the beginning that nobody expected him to do this. Right. And they all thought that he was just going to be like a pawn for Voyello. Yeah, there's a direct line about Spencer that's like, oh, he always liked uh, servile underlings. So presumably that's what he was doing. But you would think that Mm -hmm. for someone that, you know, is both... Uh, uh, having these these doubts, having this internal conflict, and also like trying to sustain this really intense relationship with God, you would think something would happen before. I don't know. That's that. That is the. It all just boils over. So, yeah. You know, the becoming pope was the straw that broke the camel's back. Perhaps, perhaps, <laughs> as as it me, tends to happen. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Edwin. Please go ahead. No, for me, uh, what I think highlights it is the fact that it is all about his parents, that missing love that he didn't yeah. have. And what I think happens is, I, I, I think the most important part of it is that Lenny's always upset that his parents left him, but he doesn't do anything about it once he's actually a grown-up. After he goes out searching for them, when he's little, he comes back, he abandons that search, and he never resumes it. Mm. And he ends up blaming the world, right, and just... Re- re- going back into the church to be his meaning for life and you know even though you know early in the show we keep hearing him say he doesn't believe in god there's no reason for him not to believe in god yeah once we get the flashbacks <laughs> the flashbacks when he's actually doing little he miracles. performed a miracle right his he, yeah he performed several miracles throughout the course of the show <laughs> right right and so so what i gathered and is he, he clearly knows that he can do it right <laughs> What I'm trying to understand then is, okay, so you should know that God is real. (laughs) Why do you not believe in God? And the answer I got to is the fact that for him, God didn't give him a miracle. He didn't have the love that he wanted when he was little. Why did God forsake him? Right. And that's the distance he has with him. Um, Because for all Mm -hmm. the praying he does to get his miracles, he can't pray for himself to find his parents. Sister Mary confronts him and says, hey... You never actually search for them. The only time we see anything happen with his parents is when Sister Mary, you know, sets up this fake couple to show up to him, right. not him search mm-hmm. for them. It's only when he the show ends where he goes to Venice and he uses the toy, the toy um, <laughs> telescope. telescope telescope to look in the crowd and see if he can find his parents. And what we know is that he's been having these dreams about Venice. His dreams about Venice. And Venice is actually everywhere in this show, if you rewatch it. Yes. First episode, 
him and Sister Mary are looking out the window, and he's like, "What's that way?" And he's like, "Venice is that way." The the know, lighter, the lighter that he the lighter that he picks up from the the pile of toys, it's and Venice. He keeps and he refills is Venice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Does it, he not use multiple lighters? Not him. Not know. for an emotionally stunted it? child. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not even a good so lighter. The- he struggles with it. It's a bad lighter. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I thought I I thought at some point I remembered him opening another lighter like he was using maybe, all the gifts, but yeah, maybe at like the start maybe it was just he had the same a separate one. lighter, and then eventually he got this one. But right. and it's because of that dream, and I think that's the part that he should realize is his miracle is the fact that this dream is telling him where to go to find his parents. Well, they knew they had told him that his sister was in, or rather, Sister Mary had told him that his parents were in Ven- went to Venice, and they didn't say anything else. Right. So like he latches onto that idea. Right, that's probably right. what's, what's making his dream. But, you know, he just doesn't pursue it. He is content in, you know, blaming God and blaming, <laughs> you know, his upbringing on, on, this, on, this, on this mystery that he's had. Um, and, circling, and he thinks it's correct. No, so, right. Circling back no, to either. why does he say he doesn't believe in God? Maybe the, the point is a semantic one where he's not saying that he doesn't believe God exists. But, you know... God, you could be doing better. You need <laughs> that kind of deal. Like, mm-hmm. believe in, right, in right, that right. sense. Which, all right, okay. <laughs> Feels like a bait and switch, but okay. <laughs> I'll take it. No, I think I think it is, yeah. I mean, Tommaso really gets scared of it. Yeah. You know, it's like, holy father, what are you saying? <laughs> He's so dumb. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so dumb. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. If you ever watch season two... It'll be the funniest thing. Don't worry about it. About him. Um, <laughs> like the way he says, oh, no, my ears are good, Holy Father. My eyes are good. What is that you need me to do? The only thing bad about me is that my hair hurts. And like that's the moment of, oh, my God, your hair hurts, you fucking imbecile. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. But I, I, think, I think that's the journey. And I think the journey starts there right so he's you know he's stunted he's decided to mold this church to to what he believes love is and what people should do to get it from the church mm-hmm. and i think what the show then follows is a sequence of actions taken by him that eventually he reaps the results of and force him to realize that he's not right or at least he can't continue to be act this way i think the earliest one that we do get a confirmation of is the guy he sends to Alaska. <laughs> and, uh, and and what we see is that later on, this guy returns. Lenny sees the struggle, the, the pain he's put on this man and how remorsed he is. And yet he uses the same punishment on, on Cardinal uh, Cordwell um, by sending yeah. him to Alaska. Well, the difference here is that one of these is warranted and one of these was not. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what they're trying to draw attention to right, is that right. you know this man this man is a, bit, a good man in the end or at least somebody who does believe in the church to to actually go to Alaska and do the maths the maths um while Kurtwell is not and and so he does deliver righteous punishment at that point. Anyway, but I think more importantly, it's the other ones. <laughs> um, I think the the biggest one early on is what happens to his brother and what he does to Cardinal Dusselier. Right. Um, so, you know, Dusselier, he's an Honduras. 
Um, he has a congregation there. He's clearly bisexual from that sex scene. We see him uh, uh, with... Uh, I don't know who the guy is. I know the, the, the woman turns out to be uh, the wife of this drug dealer. Right. And they're both members and, of the congregation. They both show up during right. the mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it looks like he cares for them. I don't know what relationship ultimately they have, all three of them. Uh, but Lenny tells him, "Is like, hey, I want you to stay here in the Vatican and help me out with, you know, the congregation, selecting the new um, priests. Um, but unfortunately, Lenny then tasks him with enforcing his perception of how priesthood should be gained, which is banning all homosexuals or people with any doubts about their sexuality from even attempting to become priests. And of course, Dussolier does not agree with this. He's extremely distressed with it. And in the curse of the episode that's devoted to him, we see that one of the young men who, who applied to be to the congregation commit suicide as a result of being denied the chance to be a priest. Um, and this sends Dussolier into a tailspin where, you know, he goes to a party and he gets drunk and he's finding the the, the, the crucifix in the water. It's it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just it just highlights that Lenny's point of view that he's forced Dusselier to enforce is killing his his brother, right? It's oh yeah. And and eventually yeah. he and it's not clear how or why Lenny does send him back uh to Honduras. I don't remember if they show that. I don't think they do. Um, no, he tells him that he wants to leave. Right. Yeah. It's one because I think he and um, Dussolier and Lenny have a conversation on the roof. And Lenny's like, or Dussolier asks him, like, do you have no remorse like over this kid who killed himself? Oh, right. And then he, I, I don't know, I think it was during that conversation. He was like, I want to go back to Honduras. Like, I'd, right. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And then it shows him leaving afterwards. So I'm guessing Lenny let him go. Right. But. I don't know. I didn't feel like Lenny was super affected by any of that. No. I'm, what do I, you mean? And no, he I, is. He is I, strongly I th- affected by it. They don't show it. But he went to the villa, right? He went to the papal villa because of it. That's sort of what happened. And he spent like the first half of episode eight sort of meditating in the pool and thinking about Andrew being dead. And maybe, and right. actually part of it is that he doesn't feel that bad about Andrew being dead. That does come up. Right. I think it concerned him that he didn't feel that mm. or as bad as he felt he should feel about it. Right. Hmm. I didn't get that. For me, because of the parallels they do in the episode with Sister Mary, you know, the fact that Lenny is hitting the tennis ball outside, his coping mechanism, yeah. with sunglasses on, while then they switch to right next to him is Sister Mary crying yeah. in her room. I think it's supposed to mm-hmm. show how both of them are grieving. Of course, in different ways. Right. Uh, but mm. very clearly to highlight that, you know, th- at least Lenny has to think about what he's done, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, enough to have to go on vacation. So I right. think that's right. fair. And, you know, this signifies a change in that you mentioned, Jonas, that narrative style, because after this, we get the episode where he goes to Africa. Mm. And so I think that's where the show makes that switch in pre- presenting Lenny more clearly in what he thinks. In what he does, too. Another one of the big ones uh, is the death of Spencer in episode 9. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because the episode opens with this discussion they're having between the two of them about abortion, (laughs) quoting Mm -hmm. scripture to each other. 
Uh, and Spencer is pretty much trying to convince Lenny to realize that, you know, it is ultimately something that requires more compassion than just the strict reading of the of the Bible to, to, to wrestle with. But the line that I really like for is when Spencer yells at him, and, you know, Spencer is at the end of his life. He knows he's going to die of cancer soon. He yells, who gives a damn about life? What matters is what life is used for. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, what, what he's trying to reach Lenny at this point is it's like, hey, if there's one thing you should take from me is that you're not doing this. You're not following this notion. You're valuing the, the Bay idea, but not realizing how that idea is supposed to be applied by the people who live it. Yeah. Which is then, he brings it back again when he calls him, Lenny, you're not, the, you, you think you're the hinge, but you're not. You're the door. <laughs> what do you think that means? Yeah. <laughs> uh... What do you think that means? Well, he's obstructing the path, not opening the door. I think that's what that would mean directly. Yeah. Right. Right. Like he needs to get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Cut your bullshit, Lenny. We're trying to make something happen here. <laughs> right. What I think is, I uh, want to point out about that death scene. Uh, yeah. Is like, that is what convinces Lenny. And in the same vein, there's this really other powerful scene with uh, Voyello, Spencer, and the old cardinal i think cal tenisetta yeah. cal whatever is cal tenisetta and i was I, the first time i thought what the hell is this about because he voyello and cal tenisetta show up at spencer's apartment in the rain and like mm -hmm. you know he's he's like you gotta help lenny no um and then cal tenisetta says some things and then spencer starts crying and the first time i watched i was like what the hell is this oh, okay. about this is like the yeah and the early conversation yeah, and yeah. yeah i thought you meant i thought you meant the later no, on no no this yeah. one is like way in the first few episodes and yeah, the, the bit is another reference is sort of like a parallel of how cal tenisetta is alluding to we're going to die we have to do something um and i think that the really power he's holding out his hand and it's shaking yeah, and it says, yeah. this is the, you know, Spencer says, that's the weight of God and it's fragile and we have to help it. And I thought, wow, that's really, that's a really nice image. And that really made that Cardinal uh, that much cooler in my eyes. Um, he's a funny dude. Anyway, yeah. Point of, yeah, that was that point. It's sort of a parallel on that change of mind uh, by leveraging death. Another interesting thing I thought, that Lenny, the one issue that I can see Lenny clinging to and having a reason to cling to is abortion because he has this thing about kids, obviously. Uh, <laughs> like that's a whole motif in the show. It's like Lenny and the kids. And mm -hmm. so this yeah. is the one where I can think, oh yeah, it makes sense that he would fight for this because he was abandoned. You know, the show opens with that mountain of babies and him emerging from right. it. He is childlike, either, you know, it just he is or he perceives himself that way just this lost boy right. kind of bit so like all of that kind of checks out for me which is not the usual for these other things <laughs> yeah and so i think when spencer dies you know lenny has to sit there and spencer's last wish is for him to tell him the story of of, of his miracle mm. um because let's be honest spencer is he's been having a crisis of faith you know like he was supposed to be pope he did not get to be pope moreover he wouldn't have been a long-lasting pope <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. and and so he doesn't i think at that point spencer just wants to know that god exists and lenny has to at that point confront the fact that he has done a miracle he doesn't like actually talking about it you remember i think um he never he refuses to talk to sister mary about what Lenny did, right? Yeah. And in, in the previous um, flashback where they go to the house, 
they actually don't show what happens. Um, and he also wouldn't talk about it. He also wouldn't talk about it with Andrew. He's like, you're my best friend. Right. Why don't we talk about this? It's like, because I only talk about things I understand. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So, in timing to see this father figure pass and realize that for him, you know, what Lenny's done is prove that God exists. I think it really shakes his belief, especially after everything that he's been trying to tell him. In this, I think this is in the same episode as well. I don't remember exactly if it's in this episode or the next one. Uh, the last thing that I think moves Lenny is his talk with, or at least, well, it's not that he moves him. I think it shows that he's been moved, <laughs> is his talk with Bernardo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're talking about Kurtwell. And, you know, Lenny offers him to be his secretary and Bernardo refuses. He painfully tells, confesses to him that he's a homosexual and that he's not refusing because of that. He's refusing because Lenny wouldn't accept him and he does not want to be part of that if, if Lenny doesn't think of him as a worthy person to be. And uh, Lenny retorts to him. is like, hey, the fact that I'm offering this to you and I'm telling you I already know you're a homosexual <laughs> should tell you that I am rethinking all of this, right? Yes. Um, but what I, I liked is the way that it is presented in that scene is the, the fact that it is Bernardo who gets to say what what probably what Lenny's thinking is that pedophilia is about, you know, robbing people is about hate while homosexuality is about love. Uh, and I think that 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 statement there was it really moved me. Uh, but I think it also shows that Lenny agrees with that now, especially after everything he's learned. The fact that he also lets the letters be published without a concern in the same episode. Um, so I think it, it, ju it just shows that transition that he's had. I think it's all these events that ha make him have to change his perspective. Also, you know, yeah. his trip to Africa. Um, right. I was going to say, I think for me, it's clear that he's changed once he has that when he has that conversation with Spencer. And Spencer tells him, like, there's another path you can take. And Lenny's like, please help, like, help me. Mm. You know, what's, how can I, how can I fix this? And Spencer says, you have to bury two empty coffins. In Venice. And <laughs> In Venice. Don't forget that. <laughs> he said in Venice. Said, yeah, you have yeah. to go to Venice and bury those two coffins. <laughs> oh, you have to uh, go to <laughs> Venice. Okay, excellent, I that excellent performance, but... Ed. <laughs> uh, I think the earliest, <laughs> but... the, oh, sorry, actually finish your thought. Sorry, no, no. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, because he said that, and then after that is when Lenny decides he's going to go to Africa after all. Yeah. And, like, he starts, you know, we start seeing all of these other things happen that Edwin's already mentioned. Um, so I think for me, that's where the transition happened, which was in episode eight. So pretty late in the season. Yeah. Right. That Africa episode is a lot. <laughs> Before. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good episode. Yeah. I think... Uh... And it I, a fun little detail before we move on to the rest of this Africa conversation. The... Uh, the Lenny, after announcing that they would go to Africa, eats a banana in front of Boyello. Boyello. And that is important. Yes. Because Boyello <laughs> was like, uh, how does he eat? Does he eat a lot? Oh, he doesn't eat anything. So like this this is the clearest transition signal there is. <laughs> the man eating the banana. Oh, interesting. And not the cherry Coke Zero. All right. Yes. Sorry. Had to get that Although out. Later he has one. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but among other I, things, I think what I, I also like the ending of that Africa episode because it actually shows Lenny praying for the people in Africa, and I think what he tell we don't know what he says because the, there's actually no dialogue, but we get from the other priest who mentions it that he probably prayed for Sister Antonia to probably had a bad day. Um, 
and then we see that to happen. So, so what happens in Africa is that he goes to visit this congregation of what are the villages? Uh, what is a hundred villages, villages of or so? peace? Two hundred fifty. Yeah, actually, the villages yeah. of peace. Yeah, and they're handled by this woman called Antonia, and it all looks like a standard, you know, mission. It's your mother um, Teresa Standen is what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. imagine that. And <laughs> in that fantastic scene. Lenny goes to to a confessional with this black priest, um, and he just starts talking to him. And then the priest hands him over a little piece of paper that says, "I don't speak English." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But that, then attached to it, yeah, yeah, attached to it is a is a full letter outlining to Lenny everything that this sister Antonia is, and she is. I forget. Is she doing requesting sexual favors from them? Oh, it's oh not clear yeah. What she forces there's, them. There's, there's abuse. She's hoarding water for starters, and right, this is a whole crisis. Water. She's keeping the water from them and using it to force yeah. them to do things for her. Right, right, right. And what's interesting is that it's very weird the pacing in that episode because they have that big discussion around in that U U shape meeting room, and the priest stands up and he actually break just slams a piece of uh, a glass into the floor. To show right. it was empty. <laughs> right. To show it was empty. But nothing comes of it right there and there, right? Like Lenny actually leaves to to deliver the speech, right? And it's only after where he prays to God that this happens to Sister Antonia. Not know what that's supposed to symbolize. To me, it reads almost like a like a it makes the justice seem more warranted. Because it's like you were warned, all right. You were told what you're doing is wrong by the Pope. You were support he was supported by this priest who oh, was also yeah. here. And then she wakes up she only has the heart attack after she wakes up and grabs a bottle of cold water. To me that's like, well, you uh, had your right. chance. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean I think it's really it's he's he's leaving the punishment up to God, basically. Yeah. Mm. Is what it is. Right. And he's he's not taking it upon himself to, you know, call her out or have her arrested or anything while he's there. But afterwards you know, he just prays and yeah. I guess believes that whatever yeah. the right thing is going to happen yeah. is going to happen. And then she, I don't know Fucking if she dies, dies or whatever, but. <laughs> I think, I, I, I don't think that, uh, I think that he would have been willing to kill her. Like, not, not like <laughs> to say that crassly. I think that he is, that level of justice is not beyond him just because of what he then does to Kurtwell. Also, like, he's not afraid of exacting, you know, of affecting the... punishment. <laughs> That's the word. Um, yeah. Especially, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that because it wasn't exactly clear right, whether or right. not she died, but she was definitely suffering. Yeah. <laughs> having, a bad, um, having a bad night, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I also like the way that speech that he gives in that episode, The End in Africa. It's the first glimpse of him outwardly changing his views. He's still hiding himself. Right? He doesn't even show up to the ceremony. But he does give a speech. And instead of just telling all these people that, you know, they're not, they don't meet his standard, right, for the church, which is what you would expect. He should be a hardliner and just tell them nothing. He actually softens his tune. He tells them here that he will give them love. You know, there will be God for them if they bring him peace. Um, mm -hmm. Because, and, and it's not saying I won't help you. He's saying if you help yourselves. Only you can help yourself, you know, move out of this fight. And it's different from him before saying, you know, if you devote completely yourself to the church, then you will get that, right? I think he's leveraging with these people, right? Yeah, he also decides to show himself to the members of the press on the plane afterwards, right, right, although after they're, they're asleep, but he actually walks out there and, you know, one of the 
one of the guys tells him what a great speech it was and so it's like okay he's kind of starting to get along with the media and it was a great speech i was tearing up (laughs) every time oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) and after that like you just get a lot of you know very over the top well that's what everything else we talked about yeah yeah, like lenny just gets you know carried away in this like you know he tells his staff like i love you all you know obviously the letters and then like he allows himself, you know, he when he's speaking Spanish to the Spanish cardinal, that in right. my eyes is, you know, he is definitely a, a different stance from like, kiss my ring, don't sit there, sit mm-hmm. there, what do you want from me? And I think that's that's yeah. all very nice. He gives Tommaso a hug when mm-hmm. he makes him cardinal. I mean, what a guy. <laughs> yes. The Pope has become a man. <laughs> to be fair, Tommaso totally betrayed him. He did not deserve to be a cardinal. He didn't. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, <laughs> he told Boello about, you know, not believing in God and all that stuff. Remember? Because he didn't he didn't make him cardinal. He gave it to Bernardo. But then he also clarifies to him that it wasn't about the cardinal ship. It was about him not believing in God. That was the big uh, sure. the big thing. Mhm. Not big. That was the detail. Ah, Tommaso. I mean, also, I don't, I don't know if Tommaso divulging people's secrets to the Pope really is a good reason to make him a cardinal to begin oh, with. Oh yeah, but... absolutely. <laughs> that aside, quid pro, quid pro quo. <laughs> uh, so, gee. But I think the final thing that shows Lenny's transition, I think, it is actually drives us to the end of the show is his refusal to talk with his cardinal about the Blessed Juana earlier in the show. And, oh, yeah. right, so he refuses to talk to this guy, who, who I remember from the man that had castle, he's a Nazi guy, so it's kind of weird to see him here. Um, oh, that's what he's from. It's <laughs> um, like, who is this guy? Anyway, but then after Kerwell dies, he tells the guys like, hey, and after he talks with the, 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 the Mexican um, cardinal, he's like, hey, I think I'm gonna go see the blessed, the the the, the children of the blessed Juana, um, and of course everybody's happy, right? It's just a change of tune. He actually listens to her story and he's moved by it. And instead, then he has a realization. That's after he has that talk with Sister Mary um, about um, him not searching for his parents, and he decides to instead of going to to Honduras to do this, he decides to go instead to Venice to finally go to Venice, right? And before he gets to his speech in San Marcos Square, he actually goes to a restaurant and he doesn't actually show himself, right? Uh, so, you know, we're led to believe at this point that Lenny's still holding on to this idea that, you know, there's no idolatry that is needed from him. But when he actually goes on the speech, he actually shows himself. And you can see it very clearly because there's a shot of, I think, is uh, Boyle's friend, I forget, Giacarno, the boy who, who has a disability. Oh, Girolamo. Yeah. Geronimo and, and his caretaker, oh, yeah. and they're watching TV, and you can see Lenny's face on it, right? He's yes. actually showing himself on television. And then Lenny proceeds to deliver the Blessed Juana speech, the one that he's finally chosen to listen to, uh, about what she said about who we are. It doesn't matter who we are. You know, he says, are we lost? Are we found? Are we gay? Are we straight? You know? Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know what God, uh, you know, what God is is a smile. And he tells everybody to smile, because in seeing that smile, he can see God. And he then searches for his parents in the crowd. The parents are not smiling. Are they real? Second question. <laughs> it's a good question. Does are they it real? matter? Of course, Does it matter? No. <laughs> I don't think it matters. No. But then after that, you know, he dies. 
Uh, he has a heart attack. Does he die, die, or does he just like, because we don't know that he dies. We are, I think Edwin knows. Fucking, I know exactly uh, like, what happens to him in season two, but <laughs> but you're led to believe he dies here. You're led to believe he, well, he, he you don't know he dies. It's a, it's ambiguous. There's really no indication of whether or not he dies. He falls having a heart attack. He's also the Pope, in the middle of- right? <laughs> you can get medical <laughs> attention. It's outrageous how they treat this in season two, but whatever. The point is, he's he's definitely. I think it's a, is it supposed to show like a, a figurative and a literal breaking of his heart, realizing that his parents walk away, that they're not there. Whether it's real or not doesn't matter. It's the mm. fact that they're not there, right? Because they do walk mm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the great takeaway I take from that final scene is that Lenny's learned how to accept the love of those that he's supposed to provide love to, and all that he wants in the end is to find out if the people who were supposed to give love to him, the people that never gave it to him, his parents are willing to give it to him. And the indication is that they don't. But I don't know if that's supposed to mean that his heart is broken because of that or not. Because to me, it doesn't sound like it would be. But it's not clear. I think it is. I think the point is that he's not over it or he's not dealing with it well, uh, despite all this lead up to it. Because like a similar thing happens with Sister Mary, right? Because she goes away and he's got like a he yeah. has that moment of ooh right um so this is yeah, just I that think, magnified right i think even in like in the last episode even though we have seen him go through a transition he's still basically a child like he hasn't really grown fully like we see him in that same episode he's like giving a tour to the children in the in the vatican museums and he's like sticking his tongue out and you know yelling at them about the rain or whatever jesus is crying um, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but then he, he then mean, he also has an earnest moment of like oh look at these kids sleeping and like let me talk to this and kid the kids yeah the kids are sleeping in the shape of an l uh isn't it a cross <laughs> i didn't remember no it's an l there's only two children and they're like, and they're stacked L. on yeah. each other. Yeah, oh. <laughs> no, no, it's an L. But yeah, he he talks to that one kid, and he tells the kid like, "You have to settle for what you get." And then he realizes that he doesn't want to settle for what he has. So right. it's like he's still, yeah, kind of struggling. Still, I still think, some is, amount is what of we, what we see. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. And so I think it makes sense that at the end he would still not be at ease. Yeah, because yeah. I think I think one of the one of the themes here is that that the show says explicitly and then shows you many times is that uh, priests and nuns are incomplete people, (laughs) which is an interesting contrast to like, you know, maybe they're making a sacrifice or they're married to God or they're like doing it for like, oh, eternal life, you know. Oh, life is so short. Mm -hmm. I opted for eternity is what one of them, one of the cardinals says what they're calling. So Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. uh, (laughs) They're incomplete They're incomplete people. Yeah, textually. I think that's one of the main themes of it of the show, right? I yeah. think Lenny is supposed to be one that goes through all of it, right? He is supposed to internalize. He's the one that deals with this loss of life and has put all this responsibility, right? But all the supporting cast also has that journey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're supposed to be examples of that boundary between what is, what is supposed to be their love, right? The limitations of both the church places on that love um, versus what the reality should be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have Dussolier, who is clearly bisexual. Uh, you potentially know. polyamorous. Who knows? <laughs> yes, potentially polyamorous. And and his story is about somebody who is forced to not love the people how he wants to love them. Right? He wants to let this gay priest to join. There's no problem for him. But Lenny won't let him. Which, you know, breaks his heart. Yeah. 
similar thing with Gutierrez because he's gay and can't have a partner. Same thing right. with Voyello, who like who loves Sister Mary, but that's not a thing, even though he tries a couple of times. Voyello, um, Voyello is, I think, is it's interesting because I think Voyello is supposed to represent this sort of corruption in the church. He's a deep politician. He only cares about control, about shaping the church with his means, and yet at night. They completely you know, subvert this, this, that, in my opinion. Like they, they you think that, so? That is that is what he presents as. That is how he uh, propagates his power. But that is, as you're about to say, that is absolutely not who he is as a person. And this and is a softy yeah, on exactly. the inside. Right, 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 right. The right. back half of uh, the show shows that. Uh, yes. Though so, there is, you know, he, let's not diminish some of the fucked up shit he did in the first half of the show. But carry on. <laughs> right, but I, I'm not trying to subvert that. I'm saying to say that. There is no, there is a gray space where these people operate. You know, even if somebody as ruthless as Boyello ultimately does have a semblance of, of strict belief in the morality that the church has, it may be not the tenets that he's supposed to be embodying. He is a deeply corrupted man, but at the end of the day, he's willing to care for this disabled boy every night and call him his best friend. Yeah. He also, I think he doesn't, like, he realizes he's corrupt and he doesn't necessarily want to be because it's at one point he's praying to God and asking him, like, why he's doing all of these corrupt things. And, like, it has to be for the good of the church, right? And he's, like, questioning right. it. Yeah, and he's one... a deeply vain man, too. You know, he has, like, ten biographies <laughs> he displays prominently. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> hands them out, you know. The, 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 the title is He, with capital H, yes. capital E, only to rival He, fucking God in the Bible. So I think it's great. I mean... <laughs> deeply vain but also like he really cares about these kids you know like the yeah. i think he was babysitting some black kid and he's he's just like uh, just bantering about him like and he's being a bit harsh like oh excellency your mother i'm your eminence you know but in the end of the day <laughs> he's still caring for you know hanging out with his kid and that speaks for itself yeah he also clearly falls in love with with sister mary correct and mm -hmm. um he's also deeply concerned about kurtwell right he is the one pushing you know lenny to send somebody over in distress by the fact that he chooses bernardo uh, <laughs> 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 but i think so so yeah that's that's what i think of Boyle. i think he, he he highlights that incompleteness of ideal that he is that all these characters embody and how love doesn't need to be constrained by such strong dogma. Yeah. Is Sister Mary uh, incomplete? Else? Here's a question. Is Sister Mary incomplete? Because like they imply, they say it because like, oh, I'm an orphan too. Uh, she doesn't right. get to follow through with Voyello. But then, you know, she goes to hang right. out with children and she seems happy and she seems balanced. But does that go against the thesis well, we're trying to make here? Sarah, what does the song say? Oh, um... <laughs> The, the glass half empty, half uh, full thing. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's so cheesy. <laughs> oh, God. They got so cheesy sometimes, you know? But yes. Sister Mary. Sister Mary is interesting. Uh, so let's talk about Sister Mary um, in the context Sister. of... <laughs> What's funny is why, you are do, does, you're almost she... doing it like Lenny would be doing it. But go ahead. Really? Why <laughs> does she give different... Uh, what does she request different ways to get called by Lenny and... and... Yes. And do so oh, gosh. Why does she do that? I don't know. That's, I think, the main question. <laughs> yeah. To me, it seems like um, you're talking about when they first arrive at the orphanage, right? Yes, Lenny yes. And, and Andrew. I guess to me, it seemed like when Lenny arrived and he... So he started out by calling her Sister Mary and then... I don't know. He started out calling her Ma and then she said, no, call me Sister Mary. Yes. And Andrew arrived and started out calling her Sister Mary and she said, no, call me Ma. No, Andrew arrived first. That, they're, okay, they're Andrew did order, arrive first, order. but what you're saying is right, Sarah. Yes. Yeah, whatever the order is, that doesn't matter for what I'm trying to say. But 
it seemed to me it's just that she felt that that's the kind of um, figure they each needed in their lives at that time. Like Andrew arrived and it seemed like he needed more of a mother figure. Lenny arrived and maybe he needed more of a strict presence in her mind. See, that's what I, I thought know. as well. He started out trying to call her Ma and she was like, no, this kid needs <laughs> more of a nun than a mother. Yeah, but is that right? Do you think that's right? I don't think, I mean, we clearly know that's not true <laughs> because of how he internalizes his next 40 years of life. <laughs> right. In the end, I don't think that's what ends up happening. And also, I don't know that that really would have been good, even if it had been successful, right? Because this kid just need, you know, both of these kids just needed love, I th right? I think to me, it sounded like just Sister Mary had Andrew first and he was the first kid <laughs> and having and 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 you know she just didn't want to be that attached to somebody again mm, i could believe that i don't know i don't know if it's that but i mean, she, it, I mean she, at the at the end though you know it, lenny has made some sort of progress because she lets she agrees that he can call her ma i think that's so, supposed to be the big change for sister mary her her, her softening on that interesting because okay she, i thought it was the, more of a reflection of a change in lenny's character i think it's both right I mean, I well, mean I Sister think, Mary's the one that says, yes, you can call me that now. I think she probably and would she have says, said yes at any point during the show, to be frank. I think it was more Lenny who that right. wasn't, you know, who, who stuck to Sister Mary and maybe that transition means something right. for him. I think she was on board. She obviously cares a lot about him in ways that she's very aware of. So, I don't right, know. But I think more importantly, I think she recognizes that Lenny is now the head of the church. Like, she frames her love for him in the fact that she's supposed to be there to support him mm, in becoming the true. Pope. I think that's her main role. And I think that's maybe why he calls her Sister Mary is because she's there to support him, not so much to be the mother. Here's a here's an interesting idea. It she she calls it wrong both times, you know? Like she shows up and she's like, You gotta put your shit behind you, Lenny, and she is wrong about that, because if he doesn't deal with it, it's not gonna go well. And maybe the same thing happens at the orphanage. Alright, no, I'm gonna right. give this kid a nun figure, not a ma figure, and Maybe that wasn't the best choice. But anyway, interesting. I'm glad you guys picked up on yeah. that as well, or thought about that as well. If, if anything, I think she's given a second chance. I think Lenny, in sending her to Africa, gives her a second chance to be whatever yeah. she wants to be. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it hurts her at the same time because she has to let go of Boyle. But let's be honest, that was never going to fly. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> And I think Lenny alludes to the fact that he already knew about this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you can say yeah. goodbye to the Cardinal Secretary of State. Is the line. But <laughs> what yeah. I what I really like is it's the way that um, she first arrives in the show is actually on a helicopter, like an angel from the sky. I thought it was a really I mean, nice visual. I guess that's true, especially when you think yeah. about uh, Lenny at the start, the first time you're watching, this is a very self-absorbed man, and so that he would come out to the helipad to meet someone seems like a very big right. deal. So I think that's fair. That being said, like crates of stuff also come by helicopter, so it's not that crazy. But I dead bodies, the papal tiara, the papal tiara. Let's not forget about that. Um, but I think what it's showing is that she is not his mother. She is somebody who saved him when the time of need, but she couldn't save him completely, right? Like ultimately, and also his has... mother, his real mother, is still out there somewhere, right? So, um, so that's Sister Mary. All right, Esther. Oh boy, Esther. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't have a lot of feelings about wanna... Esther. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think she's mostly used there to to show that Lenny is capable of doing miracles. That um, it's, it's a test of a test of his character for the people around him. 
for sure. Right, which he passes, right? Oh, yeah. Even without actually mm-hmm. having to confront them. It gets Boyello right? he... on his side, yeah, yeah. Right, so Boyello gives up on his idea just by listening to him. And not with actually discussing anything. He's actually from really far. Yeah. So I just thought that's that's Esther. <laughs> she is... And also yeah, Pius, the a... baby. She provides the baby... And that yeah. is a yeah. reflection of Lenny's, you know, relationship. And it shows how, how kids. emotionally stunted Lenny is because right. yeah, he can't even that. he can't even deal with the baby. Drops the baby, <laughs> but it. eventually he changes the baby. You know, it's uh, there's progress. <laughs> right? Yeah, there's definitely progress and lots of poop, <laughs> <laughs> lots of caca, as they say. Um, yes, and I think obviously the last one is ninth episode, which is Gutierrez. Leonardo. Gutierrez. I think it's probably the best episode. I agree. This is my favorite. The young Pope in New York. (laughs) (laughs) The gang goes to Manhattan. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, I mean, they changed the intro and everything. So Gutierrez is sent to New York against everyone's wishes because he's a completely secluded man. Doesn't even know how to. He'll probably fail at changing gas in a car. Um, Changing gas. Well, just putting gas in a car. You, you take the gas. Um, the old, the old gas is bad. You got to take that out. I was gonna. I was. I got my wires crossed with oil change. Yes, um, yes, yes. But anyway, and he's struggling. Like this man is ten bottles in oh, fuck. to cope with the awful, awful nature of what he's uncovered. He has a whole wall of newspaper clippings. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got the pin board. He's got the, you know, he wakes up just in his underwear, arms spread like Jesus, and then he reaches for the booze <laughs> immediately on waking up. It's nuts. Yeah, but I think it's supposed to show how dedicated he is. Like, he knows he's incompetent, but it doesn't mean he's he's going to fail in his mission. And, and, and you can see that when he, he talks with Lenny, you know, Lenny tells him, hey, you can come back anytime. And he's like, nah, I'm going to see this through, right? Like, I think... Yeah, I mean, we also, we find out later that it's also because it's hard for him, especially as a victim of child abuse. Oh, yeah. Right, right. So he's, so you know, personal. personally struggling it's a personal lot with this. And, and, yeah. and it's also because at this point, he's pretty much certain of what he's done, right? He just hasn't been able to convince anybody to come forth um, with the allegations he's found. Um, it's also a stealth way for them to actually move the clock forward and how much time passes in this show because in the same episode it actually shows Esther's kid and it's been like three years so we don't really know how long he's been at this but it's probably a very long time uh, since we last saw him like three episodes ago um, mm-hmm. so anyway in this episode of course he finds his kid Freddy and he's trying to tell him he's like hey can you seduce Courtwell to, to get some photos he denies that so he's put in this position where he doesn't have anything to go on he's desperate and then this guy who's been following him turns out to be Kurtwell's son. I don't know. I think to me that that's still a little bit of a stretch. But I guess if he's been searching for this long, he's probably somebody that people know at this point is doing this mm-hmm. investigation. Oh, yeah. The, the press talks about it. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I like the discussion they have between the two of them. It's very, it goes back to those weird shots with like they're in the ice skating ring. I don't know what that's mm-hmm. supposed to mean. Well, it was interesting. Um, the son says something like, "When I first saw you, like I could, I recognized that you had like the same despair as me, or something like that." So, it's it's almost as if from from a distance he could tell that you know they had both been through similar things. Right, and you know, eventually he's for what Bernardo uh, what Bernardo needs to get Kurtwell. Of course, I think it just shows that 
the desperation that we see with this man, like how he's yelling when he's uh, in front of that uh, outside of the bar where Bernardo is meeting with Cordwell, mm. the way he yells, it just shows that desperation very clearly and uh, that awfulness of everything that's been done here. And um, I think on the other side, once you know he ha- he he finally feels the- that he's solved the case, he's actually friends with his landlord, right? Uh, this lady Rose, who is terminally you know, ill confined. and bedbound. Yes, <laughs> yes, she's. Confined. Yeah, I was confused by their relationship a little bit because it almost seemed like they knew each other like from before. But I guess they could have only just met now. But like right. she called him by his first name and everything. Yeah, it's it's, it's because of that implication of how long he's been at it. Uh, mm. Which is not yeah, apparent, I guess that's true. unless you you notice that the, you right, know, it's right. been years. I like Rose because <laughs> when Bernardo comes to say goodbye to her, he's still stressed to hell and back about this whole ordeal, right? Because he thinks that Kurtwell's going to get away with it from the last conversation he had with Kurtwell. And at that point, she pulls him over and just lets him breathe her air through the ventilator. It's oh, weird, yeah, this weird, weird tense scene. Very weird, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what I what I gather from that scene is when she tells him, is like, Bernardo, I'm the one who's going to die. You need to relax. <laughs> mm. If I can keep my breath calm, you can take a breather here. I think that's what it's trying to show. Um, Interesting. And then Rose, of course, is... She, what is it? They tell her that she can live, she has a chance of living if she takes a surgery. Yes. But the chances of of, of it being successful are pretty low. Um, it's like a 40%, 40% chance, right, I think. Right, right. Anyway, I think ultimately, whatever, that's Rose's character. Uh, I need to go back to the final speech to see what image they put when Lenny's talking, because every she... single image they put. She is in her apartment. It's looking through the hole in the wall. No, no, no. She has a white jacket on. That's all I remember. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying oh, is, what does Lenny say as they show his image? Because everything he says matches the person who they're showing mm. at that instant. Uh, I forget what they're saying for her. Yeah. For example, the woman who is supposed to be Lenny's old flame, you know, that has kids and, you know, they've not talked to him in 30 years. It's when Lenny's saying his speech and he says, love, are, we lost, are we lost or are we found? And right. it shows her face, which so, so that among others. But anyway, this episode ends with, of course, Kurtwell blackmailing Lenny. Lenny says, go ahead, I don't care. Which clearly is something that he's been thinking about, right? Because I think he was hesitant about it before and now he isn't about fearing anything that, that would come out, right? Because he keeps avoiding when people ask him if Kurtwell has something on him. Um, yeah, which but that I think might just be imply him that being him. I don't know, <laughs> being opaque. I thought it was supposed to indicate that, you know, there is no. I mean, if there was nothing, he would say no, right? I think it's just at least he's internalizing that he doesn't particularly like that those letters exist, or at least he doesn't agree with what's on those letters. It's only when he, you know, is confronted with it that I think he accepts them and he actually lets them come out, uh, which I think is another sign of his change on, on his views. And I love that speech he gives at the end when they're actually reading the letters because it's another show representation of love of, in this case, love that never happened. But it doesn't mean that it wasn't felt, and it's it's quite interesting, right? It's it's a love that is only one sided, on a page, mm-hmm. and never delivered, intentionally never delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know what that is. Is that 
What is that? What does that even well, qualify? The as? journalist said it was it's literature, so there's that. <laughs> right. I think I think it's interesting too because this is something he wrote, you know, a long time ago. It's not right. like he became a new person now and he said all these things about love. It's like these this is stuff that he thought up a while back before he was even pope. It's like revealing something about him to the people, I think. Right. But ultimately what the episode gets us is that, you know, a gay man has, you know, gone after Another gay man who is a vile, <laughs> vile creature. Oh, you really could have phrased that better. But yes. Well, there, I mean, I think the point is... is Bare that, bones, that's the episode. Is that simplifying... simplifying uh, God, you're destroying Younger you're destroying Italian chases old American... I don't no, know. No, 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 What's no, no, the no. category the point, of this? Interracial? Is the, it point, the point is that it's, it's supposed to show how reducing these characters to just be homosexuals, as Lenny has has always been a mistake. Yes. Yeah. I think that is the takeaway we take from this episode. You can be a homosexual and do horrible things. You can be a straight man and do horrible things. But the whole point is that Gutierrez didn't give up because he knew what is at stake. Because he believes that Kurwell is an immoral, awful person and he reflects bad on people like him. And knowing that Lenny, at this point he doesn't know that Lenny's changed, knowing that Lenny does not appreciate people like him he feels like he has a duty to show to both himself and to lenny that you know homosexuality is not about what kurt was done right yes and that's a speech we get later i think it's very moving love that final speech great episode the love letters yeah i what i i think the letters themselves i think i would agree that they were nice and moving I think the next beat of the world has stopped to talk about love letters. Ugh, the media. Oh, that, that was weak. That was uh, uh, next episode. So yeah, that cheesy. was weak. Thankfully, so the episode cheesy. doesn't end on that. But then I, I did think like for a minute, like, all right, what if like Donald Trump came out with letters like this, like some really empathetic, like, you know, immigrant loving letters? And I thought, I guess that would circle the news more than even his typical stuff so but that's not all that's happened at this point well lenny delivered that africa letter which the press covered at that point they call it beautiful that's true so i think and it's been a a while since then so we don't really know what what it is time has passed right yeah season finale (laughs) we already talked about it though it was that speech uh that he gives about it's about lenny Mm -hmm. and his search for love himself or at least his final push to learn to to search for the love of his parents it's good stuff um i think my favorite bit of episode 10 is that that kirkwell confrontation in lenny's office was like i think that was the highlight of the series that was so that was tense that was so good it was so compassionate and awful and well told like the faces you could you know the pope kind of i know gutierrez my goodness yeah yeah he's just breaking down every like every other beat and then pope the pope just keeping a stone face as well as he could no archbishop we care we care about all children all children spicy spicy stuff Um, which is in contrast to lenny's disdain of children the fact that he says that yeah well i mean yeah i mean that was always some sort of facade (laughs) yes do you think that it's not clear because they don't show it. They don't show the frame of what happens when Lenny takes him to the globe and he tells it point to New York on the globe. Mm. And it doesn't show him actually missing New York or Lenny moving the globe to Alaska. It just shows him pointing to Alaska. I don't know what that's supposed to convey. Is it a it miracle? It seems like... 
I don't I don't think I'd say it's a miracle. It seems I I was kind of confused by that too because I thought that you know we were led to believe that because of his the shakiness in his hand he wasn't going to be able to accurately place his finger on New York. But Alaska seems kind of far away from New York for it to just be yeah. because his hand was shaking. Right. So I think that's another And then he also said like your disease is your downfall. Which your disease has deceived you, I think is the line. Your disease, sorry, you're okay, whatever it is. Your disease has deceived you is another thing, like, oh, but is that just because his hand was shaking? Nah, and was I would it? read that more as just, <laughs> you know, another minor miracle of divine justice, is how I read That's that. That's what I thought. That's how I Especially read. with yeah. like your disease has deceived you, reads more to me, it says more about the pedoph- pedophilia than, than the yeah. handshake. Although right. there's a, you know, a, a very direct. I think, I think there's a double meaning yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sister Antonia 2.0, just less the word. It's what? <laughs> Sister Antonia. Yes. Oof. Yeah, I think um, you know. I think with this cosmos things that we got here. Oh yeah. Is there we've, is there anything we've talked that narrative? We've talked themes. Yeah, characters. We, I I I think it's worth talking about like what they actually did in terms of like production and stuff. Just like yeah, point sure. out some neat things that they did that I liked. Here's where I ramble on for a little bit, maybe. Uh, but. Yeah, uh, actually, let, let's start with that thing that you mentioned, because I hadn't thought of this, about, oh, you think it is a double meaning, and maybe you think it was the uh, the Parkinson's to make him point to Alaska, but in fact, it was divine justice. Sort of, to me, yeah. is you know, a minor subversion. And to me, like a lot of, throughout the whole show, the show has a lot of like these fake outs, is how I've referred to them, where it like implies, it says, you know, it seems to be going in one direction, and then it pulls them back. But it's interesting because it does pull them back. And I think it generally tends to pull into a more from something big and dramatic to something more human scale, sort of reflecting that shift from like the show is about the papacy and structures to the show is about people. It's kind of like that. For example, I mean, of course, the speeches, the papal speeches from, you know, you expect one thing, we get another easy, easy one. But for example, when Voyello is walking to Girolamo's apartment, and Sister Mary is following him, and she sees uh, a very handsome woman follow follow him into the apartment. So for like a few seconds, it's like, oh, Voyello's this mm-hmm. this asshole. And then you go up mm-hmm. to the the uh, the window, and you see him shaking hands with some dude. And it's like, ooh, Voyello's an asshole in a gay way. Ooh, but then it turns out he's just there to hang out with Girolamo, and that's like. An excellent, excellent subversion that parallels what the show does overall. You know, there's a few other things like Gutierrez sharpening the skates while he's watching Kurtwell on TV in New York. So he's watching Kurtwell on TV in New York, and Kurtwell's talking yeah. about the new tennis center that he's opening up. Like, oh, I love tennis, so that he can get into mm-hmm. Freddie's pants is the idea. And then, yeah. and then Gutierrez is like sharpening the skate in a very disturbed way. And like for a few beats, I thought, oh shit. Gutierrez is gonna kill uh, Kurtwell, and then and then he's just skating. Hence, like, oh, I love, I really like that the show is intentional in in playing with our expectations there, uh, and you know, as a second reading paralleling or as a parallel to the, you know, less about these stereotypes or what we might expect to things that people might actually do. Yeah, I think there was one that might be worth mentioning. Which is that Voyello when he when he makes Esther when he tells Esther that he wants her to seduce the Pope, 
like it, like like Edwin, you said it. It's very sinister in that like he's very close to her right. and she's uncomfortable, and his lackey turns off the candles. It like you know it almost reads as if he's going to rape her or like you know extort right. her for sex or something. It turned out to be less bad <laughs> in that he's you know making her uh, try to seduce the, the blackmail. Right. Yes. But you know all all of these things add to the pile of fake-outs, and I add to the pile of things that define Voyello as a dubious character. So that's one yeah, thing. I think the show, the show also has a, a lot of really beautiful shots. Yes. And weird shots, right? Like that long introduction where they carry Lenny into the, the Sistine Chapel to deliver his first oh, yeah. speech to the Cardinals. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> I really like it because... I think, you know, they set up a lot of these rectilinear kind of head-on structured shots for things like the pomp and the circumstance and the, you know, showing Lenny be the cool guy Pope that he is and be all-powerful as he is, which stand in direct contrast to, like, when he's talking to Gutierrez, you know, you get more naturalistic shots of at an angle and stuff like this. And then some, like, really Mm -hmm. weird stuff, like when the camera just kind of almost stumbles around drunkenly when they're following Gutierrez into the liquor store. I thought that was interesting. So yeah, they're very intentional <laughs> and a lot of stuff going on. So like, this is what I meant yeah. by the craftsmanship is something I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the I'm sexy and I know it scene. Oh, um, so good. <laughs> when he's dressing up. <laughs> and then it immediately cuts to him outside smoking a cigarette in this tiara that was just shipped from DC. <laughs> Yeah, let's not undersell the fact that he was so fucking cool in those first few episodes, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Kiss my ring, (laughs) kiss my fucking shoes, you know? Um, Get me coffee. Oh my god, when he slaps a shoe and then uses his other shoe to make more kisses. Or the buzzer. The buzzer is my favorite gag, I think. Oh my god. Did you see she actually figured it out at the end? Yes, sir. And it, it is time it, for your snack. <laughs> my snack? My snack? <laughs> That's what she calls it. My snack. It's time for my snack. Sorry. <laughs> the whole the whole gag with the Venus of Winderwolf when they zoom in yes. on it as as they're looking at it in trance. Yes. Great shot. It's, especially when it calls back in the last episode, you have like the Russian patriarch or something. And then yeah, Lenny yeah, yeah. sees him do that and he immediately presses the button. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of funny, a lot of funny stuff. It's funny because it doesn't it doesn't even just it doesn't even point to whether she, the the sister figure out that the Pope is asking for this properly because the the excuse she comes up with is actually correct yes. and the lady's actually right. waiting for him. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, right. I was yeah because at first he was like really impressed and I was like, oh, nice. Like I guess she actually learned how to make a good excuse, but then he actually did have that meeting, so it wasn't clear. I mean, I think she did get better. Like uh, the first time she says, "Did you need something?" Uh, your holiness mm. and then it's like it's time for your snack and then I think there was yeah. another one in there yeah. but I, I don't remember it yeah there's a lot of beautiful shots too like uh, that whole Laverde's run between the Solier and, and Lenny at night where they go walking around oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just desolate streets it's, it's, it's gorgeous it's just how eerie and quiet it is um, mm-hmm. they had that weird meeting with this woman and it's weird. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Is it a hooker? I think she was a hooker. It's not yeah, clear. I think that was clear. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it so, showed yeah. Dussolier had some because they sit down with her because Andrew sits down with him, 
right? So she says something about Andrew and it says something about Lenny, like asking her, like, tell me about your relationship to God. Like, oh, I make, I, I make men believe in God or some men say <laughs> I'm proof of God or something like this. Anyway, right, like right, nothing right. of substance comes of it other than to show some things yeah. about the characters, I think. But, uh. Yeah. The um and he gets a picture. Shot. She gets a picture yeah. of him, which is interesting. But sorry. yes, she does. I thought it was interesting. Um, the another one is a harrowing shot of the suicide. Um, yeah, where we just see it happen. And it's not even centered. It happens up to the left, to the right. right of the screen, almost out of focus too. Definitely out of focus. Fae. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very. The parallels of like because they, they're they're in they're in that plaza, that uh, St. Peter's Square. And like people are yeah. playing with those like things that go up, where they light up and they go up in the sky and fall down. Right, yeah, the yeah. little. So, oh. yeah. Another suicide attempt that was really impactful was Spencer's suicide attempt in the first mm-hmm. episode. That mm-hmm. was like, oh, we're gonna. That was when I realized, oh, we're gonna get, uh, we're gonna get knee deep in it in this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was yeah. impactful yeah. as well. Is there, is there sound in that? I don't no, remember. it's all silent. No You've got vo- right, right, like right. A, uh, vocals or a choir going on, just something. Some yeah, Ave Maria yeah. or something. Yeah, lots of that in the show. Just, oof. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, another, ooh, 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 ooh. Um, <laughs> a quick note on, yeah, I. it, it was an interest. it was well, also well shot because you've got, um, it really shallow depth of field. They really focus, uh, draw your attention to things, but like the frame is still layered. So it's interesting, but, you know, sort of sharp. And my favorite example of this is sort of their usage of faces because they often will focus on just the face or like side in profile or head on or side to the side. And the best version of that is when uh, Cardinal, what's his face? Uh, the old Cardinal goes up to... Carlton uh, Yes, that one. It's it just rolls off the tongue. Goes to talk to Lenny <laughs> about something like, hey, you got to step up, whippersnapper. Um and like it's it's a yeah. contrast of uh Caltanissetta's old wrinkled face and just frowning and then back to Lenny's just pristine immaculate face responding and it is uh, it's just it was nice to look at it set up a nice contrast of like uh obviously let's parallel their different views in their different uh appearances and that was good usage mm-hmm. there uh one question about that scene though he uh, Caltanissetta gives him gives Lenny a a clothes a, a safety pin clip. a safety pin a safety pin <laughs> yeah. and he says it's more useful if you open it and then Lenny just shoves his arm through it like oh it can still be useful mm-hmm. clothes I don't understand I didn't get that <laughs> uh, is there like some basic symbolism I'm missing here what's what's going on I think it's supposed to show I mean, that I th- you go there. I was going to say, I think it's Kaltan Isetta telling Lenny, like, to be careful not to make the church too small by, you know, sending all these people away, basically. And Lenny's just defying him immaturely. Yes. I guess. <laughs> Definitely that. Uh, our guy. Fusing to, to. Our boy. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, God. All right. One last. Um, but yeah, I think oops, it's. Go ahead. I like how Carlton Aceta is just like the voice of wisdom. Yes, yes. <laughs> Throughout this show, I also like that he smokes in between like yes. hits oh hits of his oxygen tank. It's like, are you trying to fucking so die, funny. guy? <laughs> the man is a boss. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, especially on that scene with Spencer, like with the, this is the weight of God. Ooh, I felt that. I f- and it, it took the second mm-hmm. time to feel that. I didn't feel that the first time. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Another little thing that caught me completely off guard um, and completely missed is the first shot of the show after after the baby thing. Um, and it's just Lenny waking up in the papal uh, apartment. And uh, he says something about uh, somebody tells him is like Lenny, you're not you're not in you're not in tune with God or something. It's I think he's talking with somebody. And at that exact same moment, the radio actually breaks up, and he has the same recurring issue where he has terrible reception <laughs> in his apartment. And I, I like how there's a parallel there of how close of how he he is attuned to to God and and that radio um, until is, and then yeah. he has them try to boost it as one of his initial demands. Uh, and I yes, think it stops yes. being an issue, but interesting point. Yes, he's out of yeah. touch. <laughs> I have one last thing on things that they yeah. did that I thought were nice. Uh, is that the scenes linked together, uh, especially in the first half of the show, like certain scenes, and it sort of it creates a lot of uh, just forward momentum narratively, thematically. You know, smooth some jumps. For example, Voyello is talking to his lackey about like i'm powerful because i get knowledge before everyone or something to that effect and then lenny is talking to tomaso on the roof immediately after that scene like that's the cut yeah and it's like ah yes continuity good which like frankly i don't i don't it's not as common as it might sound or like uh another thing is lenny changing the diapers in some later episode paralleled immediately by or followed immediately by Voyello at the beach with Geralamo and it's like aha parallels um mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so the scenes spilled into each other which to me was a nice yeah. touch of intention and that's all I, I like like how they deliberately withhold the opening until the third episode yes so that yeah. you know they it's clear at that point what it means <laughs> <laughs> right uh sarah what was that you said that the new york episode opening was different i forget there's no it opening. was they they didn't have the normal they didn't have the normal opening in the new york episode instead the title was on the screen and it was just kind of like a an aerial shot of new york um, yes it is huh not sure why and I don't, I don't remember if there was music or any no i didn't no there i don't isn't. remember any notable notable music but yeah, they didn't do the normal intro, so it was kind of like, okay, this is going to be a separate episode about yeah. Gutierrez's adventure in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Gutierrez Great in the episode. big s- Bernardo in the big city. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's all I have. I I think that as well. It, yeah, the show is it's something you got to feel. <laughs> yeah. One thing I wanted to mention too was the music choices yes, in the show, very which good. I guess we've touched on a couple times, but. I do. I thought it's. I thought it was interesting. Like from the beginning, there's kind of like a lot of electronic type music playing in the background, just even mm. during normal scenes, like at the Vatican. And it's not really the type of music you would expect to accompany these kinds of right. things. Um, but I guess it really it makes sense for the show about you know this new pope right in an old place Under- and there's you know what? underscoring the subversion is what I wrote at some point which is like exactly mm-hmm. right because it'll usually follow him saying something crazy like there will be no pictures of the pope and then that sick uh, electric bass line rides <laughs> right yeah and i also like there's a lot of song choices are clearly very deliberate like if you actually listen to what the songs are about i mean i have some examples but <laughs> i don't think it's worth really can you give one out, good but... one well your favorite one 
I, I will say most of them I only recognized because I had subtitles on. There was even a song in Italian where I looked up the lyrics <laughs> and what they meant, and it, it still made sense. There was one called, like, There Are No Souls. I forget when that was happening, mm. but the half-empty, half-full thing we mentioned when Sister yeah. Mary was leaving, you know, because it was both happy and sad. In episode nine, when they were ice skating, the song uh, Never Be Like You by Flume was playing, and the lyrics there kind of make a lot of sense, too, it also, you know, just with the, the relationship between this son and Kurtwell. Yeah. It also plays at the end. Well, the and it also plays speech. at the, the end of the episode. Yeah, it plays twice during that episode. Yeah. So clearly, yeah. there's something very the, the second going time on they here. call it out is like I think you know. Oh my, my words about love in his letters are like me talking about a pop. You know, are like lines from a pop song. I'm so naive as you know. Da 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 da. So uh, that mm -hmm. that also I think that's how that folds in. But I didn't know about oh, yeah that plays about the skating too. one. That's that's a good one. Yeah, it was on in the ice skating rink. I love the final shot of that episode just as an interjection here where the woman who is supposed to be the lover, you know, realizes that it's her who the Pope is talking about and goes to her children and she actually picks up the fruit and juggles just the same way as Lenny juggled for Bernardo in, in episode four. Yes. Um, uh, so I thought it was nice. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember where the juggling happened before, yes. but I was like, I know this in means In California, yes. on a beach, she was a homely woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's it for the song choices that I can remember, and the ones we just discussed. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I like it. There was it. definitely some interesting uh, music stuff going on. Yeah, there's a playlist of the entire soundtrack on, on Spotify if you would like to listen to it. <laughs> oh nice if you... yeah i mean also like the song playing during the intro you know got a nice yeah all along the watch guitar tower. riff yeah <laughs> right well yeah i mean an interesting version of it but yeah, i like it yeah very uh rebellious all right so why don't we go into final thoughts and uh and give a rating when to start uh, well i gave my initial shit. opinion first so <laughs> uh... All right, so then just give your rating. No, that all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll step uh -huh. in. I'll step in. Put me in, coach. So yeah, I think, like I said before, what I liked about the show was its primarily was its production and, and you know, shots are pretty. The dialogue is sharp. Is 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 funny. Um, the show has a lot of humor, but at the same time, it's taking on an interesting, a couple interesting themes and this whole idea of priests being incomplete people was fun to consider uh i i think my favorite thing about the show was that sort of contraction like if you watch it again like the weight of the characters of the first few episodes completely falls off it's not like you're not watching a new pope like ooh let me be afraid and see what he's doing you're watching lenny deal with his crisis and it is yeah it is rewarding for that second watch for that at least um, and of course, there's a lot of details to go back on, which I don't know that if it serves, you know, it, it's a, it's a two, it's a two sided thing because on the one hand it gives you that reward. On the other hand, it's confusing the first time and it, you miss a lot of stuff, but it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, overall good show thematically didn't take a lot from it, but good show. Uh, I think if I had to give it a rating. I'd like you to imagine an Oreo of non-consecrated communion wafer uh, <laughs> and Hershey syrup, and that is my that is my rating. All right, tasty. <laughs> that is a thing. That is a meal, like a, a, a South American snack. 
is yes it is i thought I, like, I don't think it's the with like caramel non consecrated yeah yes oh yes. well it's definitely non-consecrated it's also bigger it's <laughs> <laughs> like no yeah the pope the the priest goes around with like an ice cream cart i don't have that in church with like an ice cream cart and he's like hey who wants who wants some non-consecrated communion wafer and caramel i'll have it plain thanks yeah <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, well, I, I really like this show. Um, I think it's a it's a show that's trying to convey. Uh, it takes this premise about what you would expect about this idea of following the Pope, uh, and it in it completely throws it on its head about expectations that you might have on that premise. Mm. It ends up being a story about how a flawed man is in charge of this massive institution and his views shape it. And in the process, he has to learn that it is his life that shaped him, what is informing what he's doing and how he's wrong about it. Uh, and he grows in his role. At the same time, the show is also showing that, you know, this same institution, this church is full of people, people that are flawed, people that are good, bad, different, unique. And that when you apply rigidity, you know, strict dogma, to what love is it, it, it you get into points where you stop really you know allowing what love diminishing what love can be and that i think is explored by all the characters i think it's explored in in you know how the church is co-opted by characters like kurtwell how people like sister antonia boello characters like that even you know that uh, the the false prophet guy, you know where, where oh, you know there's an absence. <laughs> if there's an absence of love, then something. Tony will no petola. <laughs> so I think it succeeds in in really. I mean, I think on a rewatch, it succeeds in conveying those feelings of of what love is, and on on sort of not attacking the church, but attacking the idea of rigidity of unchangingness. Uh, well, I think at the same time it becomes more obvious that maybe the the, the execution of how it gets there is a little more wonky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it's still great. I I still think it's great, especially you know just great performances all around. So um, I would give it a singular oh. breakfast. Oh boy, Coke Zero <laughs> Cherry. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's interesting what you said. Um about the show and rigidity and, you know, discouraging that. And I think it's a, it, what's interesting about it is that the show is going at it. The rigidity is on Lenny's side, not on the church's side. And that's not what you'd really expect, no. right? Because Lenny's the one bringing more restrictions into the church itself and not the other way around. Um, subversion. So I think that's... Sub subversion yeah, again, is the name of the again. game for this show. And and for once, yeah, think, it, doesn't showing... feel, it doesn't feel like... Subversion, just for the sake of subversion, it does it does serve purposes, right? And it's just yeah. highlighting that rigidity comes from the people who ultimately shaped that church before then, right? Like it is completely in the power of the Pope to change it, um, <laughs> and so it is. It is the church is made of people. I, um, I can what smoke. Those people I can to smoke do with in it. the Vatican if I want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, what's your rating, sir? Oh, wait, was it was that um, the opinion, or was that, that just it? just commenting on Edwin's? Oh no, I was just commenting That's on Edwin's. I, well, sure. I think, yeah, in general, I did. I enjoyed the show. Um, I think what I enjoyed most is probably just the the way all the characters evolve. Um, obviously, you know, most of it is about 
Lenny's transformation, but there's a lot of other characters that are kind of fun to watch too. It was definitely confusing at the start, and I do agree, although I haven't done a second watch yet, I came out of the show wanting to, just so I can go back and see the first handful of episodes again with a better understanding, because you end up kind of focusing on all the weird, yeah. like, one-off shots going on and, like, random things like the kangaroo. <laughs> and... We're not getting into the kangaroo. <laughs> uh, the kangaroo. Had to, had to say it, but... <laughs> um, and then in the end, it's, like, Lenny's final speech at the end, I think, is also kind of a way of saying, like, you know, when he goes through all those things, like, lost versus found, it's... Like, all the little things don't really matter, um, hmm. which is interesting. So, and yeah, I think the, for me, the the timing, you know, I agree with what Edwin said earlier, maybe a little bit off. Like, I feel like the first seven episodes of the show were kind of like a lot of the same, like me being confused about what was going on <laughs> in Lenny's head. And then finally in episode eight, it kind of felt like a real episode of a TV show with things that started happening. But it was it was a satisfying ending, I think. And uh, for for my food rating, I will go with a uh, a bowl of shrimp scampi followed by a cigarette. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, props, All right, folks. I props think, to no yeah. one saying cane sugar. I'm really proud of us for not going for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, I think that's gonna do it for us today. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, and for the first season. Yeah, this would be the last episode of the first season. Probably should have said so. that up front. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it'll be obvious. <laughs> Warning, last episode. <laughs> Set your so, expectations you know. correctly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there are spoilers in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah, it's been good. Hopefully, we'll be back for another season. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, well, but that, I think that'll do it for us. Um, all right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I will point out to the listeners that we do have a mailbag. Uh, if you want to send questions, comments, you know, have you got a cool reading that we didn't get to did you see some great details that we didn't do you have a suggestion mm. of something we should watch and cover send it at waiting for stir fry at gmail.com we'll buy a domain name eventually maybe but until then waiting for stir fry at gmail.com